on an extra talking point <laughs> during the podcast. But yeah, I just started recording, but you know, I'll edit whatever I see fit. But hey, hi everyone, welcome to another edition of Culture Class Podcast. My name is Nosayari, and this is a podcast where we get to talk to different people with interesting backgrounds, getting to learn about other cultures and people's interactions with other cultures. Welcome to a different episode, and I have a guest today. Welcome, Morgan Ann. Hi, thank you for having me on. Yeah, sure, of course. And thank you again. Uh, I know I've said this before, but I can't <laughs> thank you enough for driving an hour to be here. It's, it makes me feel really special. <laughs> no, no, I'm looking forward to being here too and being on the show. It's an interesting podcast you're doing, so I'm happy to be a part of it. Gotcha. And we're just talking about your name uh, before we came <laughs> on air, <laughs> about how the issues you've had with um, your name in different countries you've been in. So your full name is Morgan Ann Odong. Yes, and it has an apostrophe in the end too, so as an extra exactly. layer of confusion. Exactly. Like mm-hmm. when I was booking on the podcast, when you said your name was Morgan Ann, I thought it was actually like Morgan with a hyphen, then Ann, like a compound name or something. But it's two different names. It's two separate names. So it's the double name is what you would call it. Mm-hmm. But um, I think... I just kind of went by that starting in college because my, my grandmother called me that and there were other Morgans that went to school with me. So in a way to kind of differentiate myself, I started using the double name. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, what's an interesting story uh, from your name, maybe on some of your trips or I don't know, just in <laughs> life in general. Like I know I was asking if anyone has called you Mr. Morgan before. <laughs> I get Mr. Morgan, Morganana, Anne Morgan, or just Anne. Wait, did you say Morgana? Morgana. I get Morgana. Like La- Lady Morgana? <laughs> okay. I like that one. <laughs> Morgan the Faye. Okay. Morgan Freeman sometimes too. What? <laughs> Wait, how old is Morgan Freeman again? He's in his 70s? He's been 70 for like 23 years now. <laughs> he <laughs> I mean, age today at all. Dude has been like 60 since Shawshank Redemption. I don't know. <laughs> and he just keeps getting better and better with age, too. I know, right? I know, right? Awesome actor, though. Awesome actor. Yeah. Hopefully, I get to meet him one day. Him and Denzel Washington. But hey, <laughs> So, how's your day been so far? How's your week been? Yeah, week has been pretty crazy. I came back from a year and a half long traveling on June 4th. Wow. Yeah. Um, So I've kind of just been getting over jet lag and had a quick trip come up to Kansas City um, on Monday and now I'm back. Gotcha. Um, It's been like kind of hectic. I've got an engagement party this weekend and some friends coming from out of town. Gotcha. Oh, so you're getting married? No, no, no. One of my best friends is. I'm in the oh. wedding, so I've got to be at the engagement party. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So, sorry about that. No. <laughs> but single, wait. very single. <laughs> gotcha. And is the jet lag worse with the number of time you're abroad or the numbers of countries you go to? I mean, you think it would get easier with time, but I think it gets worse. Gotcha. The more you do it, the more your body is like, stop, please stop. <laughs> right, right. What's what's most countries you've been to out of stretch before? Stretch. Um, so I would say this past trip is the most amount of countries mm-hmm. I've been to. And I did it in a different way than I normally travel. Um, I did long, slow travel. So I spent like several months in Long, country. slow travel. Oh, that's like, interesting. And I tried not to use airplanes as often as possible. So I was really? obviously not working. I was on a budget too. So buses and trains were a lot cheaper but also offered like a really unique way of seeing the country. So you are crossing a lot of land borders and stuff. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's a way. To, that's a way to go. It's cool, but it's also kind of stressful because you don't speak the language, and everyone's True. pushing you around, and 
you know, kind of yelling at you instructions and you're like, all right, you know, kind of panicking, but everything works out in the end. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. I guess we'll get into the intricacies of your world tour, the <laughs> Lady Morgana world tour 2018 slash 2019. I've coined it my American Odyssey. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. The American Odyssey. Yeah. yeah. We'll get to that in a little bit, but uh, I want to ask you a few questions to get, kind of get to know you better, uh, how you grew up, your background, that kind of thing. Yeah, sure. So Morgan, Anne, what does happiness mean to you exactly? Uh, I'm going to have to come back to that. Okay. I mean, you can just, it doesn't have to be a perfect answer. I'm just trying to get to it. I I don't think anyone's ever asked me that before. I mean, happiness can mean, I don't know, what does happiness mean to me? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Chick-fil-A, culture, travel, that kind of thing. So it doesn't necessarily have to be. Hey man, those those chicken tenders are, you know, (laughs) those sandwiches can be. (laughs) I guess, I guess that feeling of like excitement of doing something like I haven't done before Mm. is something that. I find I'm like kind of like addicted to now. Um, and that's when I could say I'm, I'm happy when I'm like kind of have that like anxiety feeling, like butterflies in my stomach. Mm. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but yeah, I feel exactly. excited about life when, when I have that. So like adventure. Yeah, adventure. Interesting. What does freedom mean to you? I know I started the podcast off on a <laughs> series of, these are not meant to be philosophical <laughs> questions. <laughs> Freedom to me is my passport. Um, being able to go anywhere I want or at least having that option. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, I think I would feel stifled and, and like, you know, scared if I didn't have my passport. Nice. Can you think back to when you were growing up? Is there a particular time or time period or an incident or an event or a person that you can relate to happiness and freedom growing up? Yeah, I'm going to see my mom. Mm. Yeah. She's one of those people who kind of always put us first. No matter what was going on with her, she always made us feel like safe. Um, So whenever I feel like I'm having issues or if I'm having a hard time with something, she's the first person I call and I ask, um, you know, her opinion or advice. Um, she's super supportive, but also, um, has her own notions of like what would make me happy. So it's, as I've been growing up of like learning how to separate that a little bit. Yeah. Um, she, she respects your independence and she supports everything you do and she cares about kids yeah and i honestly like if it wasn't for her um my father died when i was younger and it wasn't for her strength i would not have the opportunities i've had and the freedom i've had and the happiness i've had i really value her our relationship gotcha yeah i'm sorry to hear about your dad oh thanks how many siblings did you have uh growing up oh i where where did you grow up so i grew up in northern virginia in Mm. leesburg I was born in Pennsylvania, but um, lived in New Jersey. And after my father died, my mom got remarried. Um, we moved to Leesburg, Virginia, where I grew up. Um, I have five older brothers. Oh, wow. Yeah, two are stepbrothers, but I grew up with them. And they're gotcha. family. Um, and, yeah, I'm the youngest of, of six kids. 
Gotcha. So I'm sure a lot of guys didn't mess with you growing up, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Five older brothers. <laughs> That's I, a... I feel like to this day, even I'm like a little hesitant to bring like boy, like men home. But now my family is like, all right, we're over that. Just please be happy. Bring someone home. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> like it's time. Gotcha. Gotcha. And talking about your one and a half year world tour that you just came off. <laughs> yeah, my God, it's crazy to say that, right? I mean, there, there has to be some kind of build up to that over the long term. <laughs> so I want you to take me back, 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 really back. Like maybe when you were much younger. I don't know, did you watch like an episode of Star Wars or something that made you think about <laughs> other places? What fascinated you with travel and culture and new experiences and adventure? When you grew up in Virginia, and I'm sorry, this is like multiple questions in one. No. When, when you grew up in Virginia, did you like, I know Virginia has, uh, some parts of Virginia has like a lot of vineyards and places like that. So yeah. did you grow up like going on adventures, like riding your bike, going to, I don't know, playing with cows in the field or something, <laughs> stuff like that. Something that built up to these these kinds of uh, trips later on in life or something. Oh, wow. Well, when I was a kid, actually, um, I was always fascinated with museums. Mm. Always fascinated. So I'd like, beg my mom to drop me off either at the library or the museum so I could read about different cultures. Um, I remember I was a kid and I came into D.C. once for an exhibit on ancient Egypt. It was like on tour and it was only a limited window for me to get there. And it took me like forever to convince my parents to drive in and, and, and bring me to that. But um, I've just always kind of had a fascination with cultures other than my own. Growing up in Virginia, yes, it was really rural at the time. So nice. um, I'm 31 or no, 30. I'm turning 31 the end of June. And um, I think Loudoun County, where I grew up, was is the fastest growing county. was the fastest growing county in the country. What county? Loudoun County, Virginia. Loudoun County. Gotcha. So it used to have the most amount of dirt roads in the country. And then, really? Yeah. In Virginia? Really? In Virginia, yeah. This one county, which is now like, it's right outside of metropolitan D.C. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, growing up was like really rural. I obviously had five older brothers, so um, a lot of outdoor activities. My grandparents lived in upstate New York in the Adirondacks, so every summer and winter I spent up there with them. Ooh, winter in upstate New York. Ah, no skiing. Oh, yeah, that's true. All sorts of winter activities. That was the whole reason to go. That's true, that's true. It must be cold, though. Oh, my gosh. I even, yeah, definitely freezing. And and I actually, um, down the street from my grandparents' house was this old ski resort, and it had been abandoned for years, but we would always drive past it. And my brothers, one day, were like, we're going to go you know, snowboard and ski down it. I'm like, in middle school at the time, I'm like 12. Mm. And I bring this like four-man toboggan by myself <laughs> and climb up this mountain and <laughs> go like get on this four-man toboggan alone and go down the mountain. I get scared halfway through and I put my leg out to slow down mm. and crack. It like broke my knee. Wow. And you were 12. <laughs> yeah. So my brothers were like had to carry me back and I went to the hospital and had a one of those like from my thigh to my toe cast on. Wow. Wow. Something tells me that that's not the last bit of trouble your brothers got you into <laughs> <laughs> growing up. I feel like I got them into, into some trouble too. Oh, so it was but... the other way around. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> so out of six kids, you were in trouble someone. <sighs> Interesting. But yeah, so other than other than like travel within the, the U.S., my my parents, my, my mom and my stepdad took me on a trip when I was in middle school to Italy. 
Oh. It was the first time I'd been abroad. My, my stepdad still has family there, so it was more of a, we have to visit our family we haven't seen. He tracked them down, like, over the years. It was, like, his extended family that he kind of got in touch with, and now they have a really strong relationship, and our Italian cousin comes, like, every summer to visit. And so, yeah, that was, that was like, mind-boggling to me. I was... How old were you? I was in middle school. I can't remember. It was seventh or eighth grade. Um, gotcha. But it was my first trip abroad. Like, I remember the whole thing, like... We went, took photos at like Walmart to get the passport photos, and then yeah. it was a huge deal. Um, I'd never been abroad. It was for spring break. My mind was blown. Everything was different than here, and I think that was kind of like the thing that like you know put the travel bug in me. Yeah. And what particularly about that trip was the architecture, the food, the language, or? Um, I think it was everything. Like it was the combination of. of architecture you know we went to pompeii we saw you know the remains of that of that city we saw the, yeah. the carcanian baths we saw the coliseum it was stuff i'd seen on tv since i've been growing up and it was like amazing to see the art and and eat the food and stuff and i even visited a hospital there okay <laughs> i was walking down the street and ran headfirst into a lamppost as i was trying to hail a taxi and my parents thought I had a concussion, so they brought me to the hospital. <laughs> Always get into trouble. <laughs> well, that's not that's not bad. That really makes for a good story right now. <laughs> At the time, maybe it was a little bit scary for your parents, maybe. Oh, God. Uh, for me, I had, like, one of those, you know, like an egg on my forehead for the rest oh, of the ouch. trip. And all the photos. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, that's God. funny. But when was the first time you traveled out? maybe alone and not necessarily well let me say outside the u.s when was the first time you left like on your own that oh, okay i'm taking a trip by myself yeah so not with your parents or family so after that trip um i've done a few trips in high school um with some friends and then in college a bit but really on my own um traveled a lot for work um when i worked at cisco systems i traveled a lot within the country um which doesn't really count as being completely alone because there for a mission but the first time I traveled alone was on this trip or right before this trip I had always been a little bit afraid to do it on my own a little bit anxious a little bit scared um just unsure so I think I always kind of settled for compromised on my travels um with what my friends wanted to do or what who maybe could afford to go on a trip with me at the time you know I'd I wasn't super excited about going with them. Um, so, yeah, I, I had actually gone to Europe to meet a friend of mine who lives in Australia right now. And I met up with... What country in Europe? So, it was a few different countries. Oh, okay. um, a friend of mine from college was living in Netherlands at the time. Okay. And so, I flew over to meet her. And then my friend who lives in Australia came to meet me. And we met in Lisbon and then did Copenhagen together. And then I actually reached out to my favorite musician. I DM'd him and told him I was going to be in London. I had not been planning on going to London. Okay. Um, I asked him for music or art recommendations and he was, he replied and he was like, Hey, like, why don't we get a drink or go out or I can show you around. Really? So I booked a flight to London and that was the very first time I had ever like been alone out of the country. Can I ask what your musician was? Um, I will tell you offline. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Male or female? Male, yeah. What genre? Um, it's like, I don't know, like 
folk indie type music? Huh. So like I don't know, 90s Seattle kind of music? Uh, not maybe, really. Maybe maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Okay. I tried, people, I tried. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's an interesting story. And how long did you end up staying in London? It was like three days. Gotcha. gotcha. And I ended up actually um, meeting up with some girls I met backpacking several years ago in Vietnam. You know, I shot them a message as well, and they came met up with me the next day. Yeah, that's always something I've been willing to do, like like go and like you said, you know, um, using ground transportation as much as possible, and just go backpacking like across like three, four, five different countries at a stretch. That's something I'm yet to do. I always like just fly into a major city and fly back out. But I guess, you know, um, as I continue to meet people like you and hear this interesting <laughs> story, maybe one day I'll just wake up and I'm like, to hell with everything <laughs> and just move. But you mentioned you were working with Cisco. Cisco, Cisco. Like Cisco, Cisco, like Silicon Valley Cisco. Yeah, the technology company. Gotcha. Um, I started working with them before I graduated college. So okay. I've been working with them for seven years. I, I loved working with them. I, I found it to be like exhilarating. I had several different roles within the company. I did a lot of extracurricular activities with the company as well. So I was a founder and co-lead in our early and career network in the DC chapter. And I also held leadership positions in our Connect Women's group and actually built a relationship with the nonprofit AUW to the AUW. Do you? I think it's a woman led American I'm sorry, American Association of University of Women or something? Yeah, how do you know that? When, when you look for a bunch of scholarships for grad school, <laughs> you're like, damn, why wasn't I a woman? <laughs> I know they had a scholarship I was trying to apply for one time, and I was like, oh, this would be so good. Maybe I should do a sex check. I don't know. <laughs> and that's extreme, but I'm just saying. Oh, yeah, that was great. What, what kind of roles were you in? So were you in a kind of like a business development or public relations role that made you travel to other cities? Oh, I actually started in like a post sales like you know number crunching role and then moved to be an admin so I was an administrative assistant working with some of the most powerful minds um, at the company and was yeah I learned a lot being around those those, those men and women um, and then from there from a lot of the work I was doing um, actually moved into marketing so I was covering half of the US um, with the state and local um, government and education sector. Oh, so kind of like a public affairs kind of, or like a government, I don't know what that department is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was public sector department. Mm -hmm. Public sector, mm -hmm. yeah. So public. I was, you know, um, doing like large scale trade shows and like over 150 events a year all over the East Coast. A hundred, wait, wait, a hundred <laughs> what? 150 events a year. How many days we have in the year? 350 something? Oh my gosh. Wow. So we were doing like, what, four events a week? It was insane. Yeah. We've, I, me, I had a, a peer that covered the West Coast and he and I just like had to come up with a plan to put this, put these events to scale. So we kind of like standardized the events across the board and um, made it work for us. Gotcha. Wow. Well, you must have met a lot of fascinating people, I guess. Definitely. People from all over the U.S. What was the most surprising city you went to within the U.S. that, huh, I never thought? Never thought I'd have fun. Never thought I would like food or just... <laughs> I don't know. It can be any of those things. Like, I just never thought, I don't know, like, I never thought I'll have fun. Maybe we can start from there. But I guess you can have fun anywhere, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I had a lot of fun. Um... On a road trip that I went on with some of my girlfriends from LA all the way back to DC. 
Wow. Um, yeah. So after I left Cisco, it was like one of the first things I did. All three of us didn't work. We were not working at the time. So yeah. we decided to do this road trip and we went to Minneapolis of all places, which was great. Good food, good, good nightlife. Um, a friend of mine was dating a basketball player at the time. He was living there. So we went completely out of the way to go meet him. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> basketball player, that's particularly good nightlife, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I feel you, man. You, you've done all these things I want to do. I've also been bugging my brother. So he lives out in Chicago, right? And I've been oh, bugging cool. him to do a road trip. Let's do a road trip from um, Chicago to San Francisco. Yeah. And I don't know. He's just been, oh, yeah, we'll do it this year. We'll do it this year. And it's been like two and a half years now. And it's all like all up in smoke. But hey. So why haven't you done it alone? Um, I don't know. Can you change a tire? Yeah. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't change a tire. Okay, you're good. I mean, yeah. I mean, my dad was in the military. All that all that stuff is pretty much covered. <laughs> but I don't know. I just thought it would be fun, like, going with him. You know, yeah, we grew course. up together. And it's been a while. Like, yeah, we meet, you know, we, we haven't lived in the same city for a while. So I just thought that this trip would be, like, you know, like, bonding and everything before like the marriage and kids and all i mean he's married but he doesn't have any kids uh but before like the kids start coming and before like life life happens like let's just right. take this like one trip as siblings but hey maybe we'll get that started out you know sometime really soon oh, but I hope you do. I hope yeah so I'm trying to dig into your thought process right <laughs> for embarking yeah. on this one and a half year <laughs> trip Okay. So it must have started from somewhere. And I know you've talked to me about growing up, yeah. but you were working this corporate job. Um, and there's no shade to Cisco, by the way. But, <laughs> Which I love Cisco. Like yeah. Team Cisco for life. It's a fantastic <laughs> company. But but what was there like a feeling of, I don't know, dissatisfaction at work? Or you just felt your life passing you by? You wanted to experience new things? Or you just woke up one morning and were just spontaneous about the trip? Well, what happened exactly? It was kind of a combination of, of, of all three of those. Um, I've been working at the company for seven years. And as a lot of people listening to this might know, um, large corporations are not like they were in the past. You, you're not a company man anymore. You can't work your way up. It's easier to jump ship and get a new role with better pay, et cetera. But I love Cisco. Yeah. like, And I love Cisco. I love the mission of connecting people. So I, I stayed there. Um, back, back to my trip to London. Um my grandfather died when I was um, in London and I flew home a little bit early um, because of that to attend the funeral. Uh, but, you know, I had just come back from vacation. I got home. I was stressed out because I had a lot of deadlines due at Cisco and I'm like panicking. I'm like, why? Well, I can't go to the funeral. I've got to, I've got to work. My coworker, like kind of slapping the face, but he kind of did that. and was like, Hey, I've got your back. Go to the funeral. So I worked the whole way up to Connecticut attend the funeral, work the whole way back down. Like I was exhausted. Come in the office the next day and I pull in the office and I'm like, I hate pulling into the same office every day. I got laid off that day. It was like a gift from the gods. <laughs> you know, it was like the universe had heard me and they had given me an out. I didn't want to leave the company on my own because I was, you know, it was a great job and I was, I was doing things. I was going places, but it kind of gave me that kick in the, in the rear, you know, I didn't have a choice, which I think sometimes in this day and age is really what needs to happen. Gotcha. So yeah, from there, I went on that road trip with my girlfriends and then actually a guy that I met through Bumble, um, I've been chatting with him and he invited me to Dubai, um, 
on, I guess you could call it a date, but was like, you can come stay here for a few weeks, network, you know, maybe try and find a job out here. Mm-hmm. So I went, I went to Dubai. Um, this was January. This, I left this girl in November. Um, got to Dubai in January. Have lunch with him. I'm staying in my own Airbnb. Um, have lunch with him. And he's like, Hey, Morgan Ann, like, I'm so sorry. I knew you came out here all the way to see me. Um, and kind of like, you know, explore Dubai, but I have to go back to the U S for work tomorrow. Wow. So I was so alone in Dubai. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was alone in Dubai without a plan, without anything. I had, a, I had gone, gone there with these completely different expectations. Um, which I realized you shouldn't have expectations when you're going to new places, but, um, true, really true. Yeah. And, and I was there and, and, you know, the first day I was like, Oh man, what am I going to do? And I'm here alone. Why am I here? But you're not going to believe this. But the first thing I did was open up Bumble. I opened up a dating app. Does that even go? Like when I was in Dubai, there were a bunch of websites that were blocked. Yeah. I would imagine maybe Bumble. I don't know. I don't no, know. it works. It works in a lot of different countries. Oh. Really? No, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying like Dubai. And I'm sorry if you're listening to this <laughs> from the Middle East. I know a couple of people listen to us from Saudi Arabia and a bunch of places. But I'm just saying like when I went to um, Dubai, uh, I think they have like some really strict, uh, kind of like China, right? Some really strict, um, I don't know if it's privacy laws or censorship laws. I don't know what it is, but the internet is not the same. Right, so right. it's just interesting to know that Bumble is, uh, can access Bumble there, but yeah. Continue your story. <laughs> well, no, it works in Dubai and it works in China. I use it in China as well recently. Interesting. Yeah. Instagram, surprisingly, though, you have to have a VPN to sign into. Wow. You know, they have like their Chinese version of, yeah, of uh, social media, but Instagram is, is blocked. True. What what is it? QQ or WeChat? WeChat, yeah, WeChat, and then there's one that I, I don't know the name because it's all in Chinese. Gotcha. <laughs> but I can show you. Yeah. Oh, you're signed up. And, oh, okay. So I was looking for a site to take some pictures in front of. It's like this abandoned airplane in Shanghai, and the only articles I saw about it were on this Chinese social media website. Yeah, I saw those pictures on your <laughs> Instagram. And let me let me tell you guys something like. <laughs> Morgan Ann's Instagram. Oh my God. Like she told me that, okay, she'll be, she might be like five minutes late uh, for the interview. So I was like, okay, cool. You know, I'll just go through her Instagram, try to get a feel of, you know, where she's been in her life. Bruh, <laughs> I couldn't get to the end. Like it's a lot of pictures and she's been to so many places. But yeah, the picture with the airplane and the hangar was there. And it brought my memories, right? Because my, my, my dad was a pilot for the Nigerian Air Force, right? I remember when he was young, he took me to this place where they had all these abandoned helicopters. Oh, no and way. I was just like going in and like kind of like playing with the controls. I kind of like, wow, this looks so cool but is that a government facility is it safe to say you went there or help you get in trouble again like italy <laughs> i had to bribe a few of the guards and hop a fence to get there but oh, okay. as they say anything for the ground <laughs> yep anything for the ground what's what's the most daring thing you've done for the ground oh um i mean that 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 was that was pretty up there but also oh man this is really bad um not anything for the gram, but it's like anything to get the shot, you know, anything, yeah. anything to get the story, anything to get, um, what you're trying to get. Um, when I was in Malaysia, um, I had met these, these two girls who I was traveling with for quite a bit okay. a ton there. Um, and one of them was from Peru and she loved taking photos as well. Or she had, she actually didn't love taking photos at the end of the trip. She did, but she had kind of like a fear of taking photos of being in front of the camera. And I was like, well, 
after a trauma with me, not anymore. So <laughs> okay, <laughs> it like kind of made it my mission to help break her out of that. But we we just made a pact to take a lot of photos during the trip. And at one point, she was like, "Oh, this is a great building. You should go stand in front of it. I'll take a picture of you." She goes in the middle of the street and bends down, and a car bumps into her. She was fine, totally fine, but. It was very slow motion, but that was probably like when we realized, okay, we need to be aware of our surroundings a little bit more. Wow. Before trying to take photos. <laughs> but did she need like to go to the hospital? No, she was completely fine. Okay, so like, it wasn't nothing like, hurt, uh, but, like it kind of like you know like love topped her a little gotcha. bit. But I mean, it could have been so much worse. We were immediately just like, oh my god, are you okay? You know what's going on? And you know the guy got out of the car and was like, I didn't see you there because you were crouched gotcha. in the middle of the street. Gotcha. I mean, it's, it's funny you say that because I've always thought about it that huh, if I were to build an app, if I had like a, some kind of skill, like can I make like a device that stops people from taking photos? But like celebrities, right? Remember how? Imagine how celebrities are like harassed with like paparazzi and all that stuff. Like if there's, if there's like a device that can like disable all the cameras, like in a I don't know in a twenty meter radius or something. That's like man bot type stuff. Exactly. Like, <laughs> Flash, you don't remember anything. <laughs> Men in Black 3 is coming out this... Is it this fall or next summer? I don't know. Um, you know, I saw a lot of previews for it when I went and watched some movies in Malaysia. How are the movie theaters in Malaysia? They're very cheap. Um, it was $3 to watch a movie, so I watched as many as I could. Nice, so stay there all day. <laughs> um, interesting, I always try and go watch a movie in a different country just to see... The difference, right? Yeah. True. Same here. Do you really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't been to as many countries as oh. you, but yeah, any country I go to, I like try to watch a movie there and see just what that's like. And uh, yeah, uh, but in Malaysia, they, they was it like a stadium theater or like a small theater, or popcorn, what kind of food? I mean, they had it. How on, many hecklers on... did you have? <laughs> <laughs> they take it seriously there, and they, um, you know, you have to... they dress up. I guess there was a lot of dates I saw. A lot of like friend groups would go, and it was. Mm-hmm. I went on a Saturday night once. And it was like bumping. It was crowded. It, like I could barely get a ticket to go in. Um, but they, you know they reserve the seats before you get in, and they only sell caramel popcorn. Only? Mm-hmm. Really? So I was a little bit disappointed, but <laughs> that's not your thing, right? No, I like the salty popcorn. Same here, same here, especially when you go to cinema a lot. Like, you can't go be having caramel every single day, but... <laughs> Do you go to the cinema a lot? Uh, I used to, not not anymore, though. I, I used to like to go with... I like going to cinema with people, uh, so I don't just like like going alone. I'd rather wait for it to come out on Netflix or something <laughs> if I'm going to watch it alone, <laughs> except it's like a huge movie, like Men in Black 3, which I'm waiting for. Actually, now that I remember, I think they just finished shooting. Oh, did they? So it'll probably come out next year because I think he had like Aladdin and movies coming out like this year. But yeah, cool. Out of all the countries, you seem to have spent a lot of time in Southeast Asia, right? Yeah. Um... What's the fascination with that part of the world? Or did you spin the globe and, like, put your hand somewhere that, oh, okay, it's going to be here? <laughs> I know. I will do that next. Um, That's a good idea. <laughs> I will let you know when I do that. Um, no, Southeast Asia for me, um, I studied um, Southeast Asia in college. Oh. Um, international development. What college did you go to? 
Hmm? What college do you go to? Please don't say Georgetown. Please don't say Georgetown. Oh, no, I went to school in Tennessee, a really small college. Oh, okay, okay, good. Um, called the University of the South. It's like a really small liberal arts school. The University of the South? <laughs> it was founded pre-Civil War. Um, gotcha. It's um, got its roots from Oxford, so it kind of looks like Hogwarts in the middle of nowhere in Tennessee. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Wait, Tennessee, Tennessee? Yeah. Nashville, Tennessee? It's in between Nashville and Chattanooga, so it's like really country and really southern. <laughs> okay, so now I'm connecting the dots, your fascination with folk music, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your love for travel. <laughs> Obviously, I love Jack Daniels in Tennessee. <laughs> okay, now I'm connecting the dots. Okay, so you were saying what happened in college? <laughs> Not in college, she's in college. Um, I had a really um, influential mentor in my life in school, this woman by the name of Yasmin Mohidan. Um, Yasmin? Yasmin Mohidan. She's this like, adorable Pakistani woman who I think without her, I probably wouldn't have known what to do with my life at that time. Um, she introduced me to something called microfinance. Mm. I'm not sure if you're familiar. I am. Oh, awesome. Really? I'm from Nigeria, so I am. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so, yeah, I took a class with her, and she talked about uh, microfinance in this econ class, and it was like a light bulb went off in my head. And I ended up, you know, graduating with a degree in international development and then mm-hmm. doing an internship at the Grameen Bank in Bangladesh. Um, so I lived wait, 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 like Mohammed Yunus? Yeah, Brian? yeah, I worked with oh, him. That's, what, that's where it all started. That's where that's microfinance it. started. Oh, so you actually went to Bangladesh. Yeah, and I worked at the Grameen Bank, and I worked with him. I met him. Um, you met Mohammed Yunus? Yeah, yeah. I got a photo with him. There's a photo I'll show you. I'm jealous. <laughs> wow, that's interesting. Um, like, I think he has like a Nobel Prize or something. Yeah, he does. He, he single-handedly alleviated poverty in Bangladesh by 50%. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I'm sorry to call you off. Uh, yeah. I was just, I was, no, 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 it's okay. I was listening to like his interview like two, three years ago, and it, I think he's, he's like a doctor, like a medical doctor he, or something. Mm-hmm. And he went to this village and he like started the concept of microfinance. And the elders in the village were, were thinking he was running away from the law, like hiding out in their village. And they were like, "What's your fascination with giving small loans to these women?" But he grew to become like Grameen, and now you have companies like Finca and Kiva and. All these companies in D.C. as in doing this microfinance thing, man, it's it's actually amazing to see how, you know, in 30 years, you know, a whole industry can come up. No, totally. Just, uh, um, and it's it's quite fascinating, too, to see how in different countries microfinance works and doesn't work. Um, it was replicated in Harlem in New York City, and it did not work. Oh, yeah, the U.S. is uh, tricky. Um, yeah, so it's really tricky. It's based upon, like, the principles of, small close-knit communities and peer pressure so as you know like in the u.s that might not be as tight-knit communities as in other developing nations i mean it depends maybe maybe the delivery hasn't been gotten right but it depends uh i mean there is um some kind of peer pressure and social community like thing when you talk about things like sneakers Mm -hmm. so how do we tie that to finance especially now with technology i don't know so I digress. <laughs> I, I know. This, I could talk all day about microfinance and, and helping people. Um, well, how long were you in Bangladesh? I about three months. And oh, then okay. I met people in that program. I was an intern there. was not getting paid for any of this, um, but very valuable um, experience and time for me. But I met people through the internship program and went backpacking through Nepal and India, um, which was like 
crazy to me as a, as a female traveling in those countries. Yeah. I, I was about to say, like, Nepal, India. So that's northern India? Mm-hmm. Nepal okay. is, like... And did you cross on foot? Yeah, we did. On the well, border. That must have been interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it was hectic. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm sure you've traveled, like, with a, I don't know, a taser or something. Yeah. Should. Well, that was, that was something crazy. I mean, you've met me. I'm a tall, like... Very, very, very fair-skinned like woman, and the amount of stares I would get from people just because they have never seen anyone who looks like me before was unbelievable. I had a lot of people coming up to me asking to be in selfies and wanting me to come meet, you know, hold their babies and, and come with them nice. have dinner, and it was. Did I, anyone named your baby Morgan? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's a cool name. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that was like super fascinating being there and on um, like dealing with those different nuances of like relationship building in different countries and trying to learn how to engage with locals and, and really get like understanding for the, the culture. Gotcha. Um, that was more like South Asia. A couple of years before I had done an economic development trip in Southeast Asia. So oh, yeah. China, Japan, and Thailand, um, in 2008. So I was like two years prior. Okay, okay. What other countries in the region have you been to? Um, China was the most recent. Um, Laos, Vietnam. Um, Ooh, I've always wanted to go to Vietnam. Oh my gosh. Do you like the news, dude? Like, uh, my friend Han, who was on this podcast, like, what, nine, ten episodes ago? She is from Vietnam. And yeah, she was just... I haven't tried Vietnamese food yet. Oh my God, we're going right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I look forward to, like, Vietnam, uh, Thailand. Uh, Phuket is in Thailand, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, there. Uh, yeah, a whole bunch of places in that region I, I would like to go. Uh, but how, how was your Vietnamese trip? Well, I will give you a ton of recommendations Okay, you decide to do that. Um, See, that's why I love this podcast. I always get recommendations, which is the best. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so this trip was a bit different. So I think I came back to Southeast Asia um, kind of out of instinct. So, so when I realized I was alone in Dubai, um, you know, I, I did it as much as I could to meet people there and, I applied for a ton of jobs. I went on a ton of interviews and I realized, you know, Dubai wasn't the place for me. I met a lot of great people, but it was very transient. And I think I wanted something a little different. Um, so a friend of mine that I've met in, in New York, um, she is Indonesian, born in Jakarta, but raised in the U S lives in Bali. And it was kind of like, I had a few connections in Bali. So I booked a one way ticket to Bali at the airport on my way back from Dubai really yes it was like something happened and i was like but you are on your way back to the u.s i was at the airport about to I board decided my flight. not to go and just booked a ticket to bali instead yes. hmm. okay at the airport on the flight was like you know what like if i go back to the u.s right now without exploring this urge i have or without traveling um i'm gonna be unhappy like it's now or never yeah exactly it's now or never and I tried to live by that the entire time I was traveling. It's now or never. There is no tomorrow. You know, there is no going back or second chances with people you meet. Um, so yeah. And when I got to Bali, I, I then told my family I wasn't coming home. Yeah. I'm sure your family has like gotten used to you now. Though. Okay. That's just Morgan <laughs> and doing their thing. <laughs> but was it always that way? Or was it like, I know you said, you know, your mom always supports you or maybe your brothers are like, 
Um, so where did you say you are again? <laughs> but you were here three days ago. Now you're here. Like, um, do you think you want to come home for a second or something? <laughs> I don't know. Oh my gosh. I think that, um, they've gotten a little used to it, but still whenever I catch up with the family, it's like, where are you these days? Um, a lot of my family has downloaded Instagram, um, to make sure I'm not dead. <laughs> this is what they told me. So what a way to keep track. Yeah. So, you know, when I haven't posted on my Instagram stories for a while, I'll get a text from my mom being like, Hey, is everything okay? I see you're not posting. Wait, your mom is on Instagram. She downloaded Instagram to, wow. to kind of like be there and, yeah, and follow yeah. me on my travels. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, yeah. So I ended up staying with a friend for about a week and then realized when I was in Bali, like I needed to do my own thing. So that was when I was, I went on my adventure. I traveled through Bali and then actually was supposed to meet up with someone that I met on Bumble in DC who happened to be working in East Timor at the time oh. and was like, Hey, I'll come meet you for, um, you know, for, I'm going to do a visa run. I'll come meet you. So I ended up leaving, leaving Bali to do a visa run as well. And then, um, his flight schedule got messed up and he wasn't able to meet me. So I stayed in Thailand and that kind of like started the whole adventure. These series of events that have happened that kind of pushed me to where I, I am today. I did end up meeting up with him a few months later when I went back to Bali, but... Um, gotcha. I feel like Bumble owes us a check for this episode. Seriously, right? <laughs> can you guys please get in touch with me so we can <laughs> work out an advertising deal? Yeah, it was, it was really great. I mean, um, it wasn't just at the time, you know, it wasn't just for dates. I don't think I was in a place to really date seriously when I was traveling, so... I actually put on my profile um, looking for people to help show me the sites. Like I want to experience things here, and I went on a lot of like really great like sightseeing um, dates. Gotcha, and and that's the same way we met, right? Mm -hmm. on Bumble on the app. I was like, like all the pictures were just like in different countries or something. Yeah. I was like, what? I look, I have to get her on my podcast. <laughs> But yeah. See, it's incredible. Like, yeah, it's just, I mean, it's another way of like networking. Exactly. And, and Bumble also has like they besides like dating and stuff. I think they like, like Bumble Biz, Biz and Bumble BFF, exactly. And Bumble BFF. Dave. That's that's one I was trying to. What, what was the third one? Bumble Business, Bumble BFF, and Bumble Date. Oh, okay. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, I I was thinking about the Bumble BFF thing, oh, which yeah. I think was is interesting. Like meeting i'm i don't know of any success story yet have you tried it with bumble bff i haven't you I haven't. should like once i like once i log into bumble it just i how do, do i have to get another profile to log on to bumble bff that's separate from bumble date i don't know i can show you it's like for it as well on different pictures but it's all like in the same the same app gotcha gotcha and i deleted bumble from my phone so uh, sometimes i just use like my computer yeah, yeah. So maybe I maybe it's on the app version, yeah, not, not the web version. So maybe that's what it is. Okay. Do you have a chance to go to I don't know Myanmar, other countries, interesting countries? You know, were you there during the conflict by any chance? Yes, I was. Um, so Myanmar for me was a place that was always on my bucket list, but none of my friends ever wanted to go with me. Oh, you have a bucket list. <laughs> okay, okay, we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah myanmar for years ever since it opened up um in 2008 for tourism has yeah. been on my list of places to go um like i said i was always afraid of going alone and no one would ever go with me um so when i was in thailand i was talking to my friend in australia and 
I was like, I don't know where to go next, you know? And she was like, you know, what's on your bucket list? And I was like, my hour. She's like, do it, you know? And like that constant, that constant battle between like being fearless and also being kind of afraid was like a huge theme throughout my whole travels. It was accepting the fact that I'm afraid and like, okay, I'm going to do it anyway. Like I'm scared, but I'm still going to do it. So yeah. like, I mean, that's courage. Courage is not the absence of fear, right? Right. It's the, what, what's the saying? Courage is not the absence of fear. It's the action in spite of it. Something like that. So yeah, that's a very courageous thing to do. How long were you in uh, Myanmar? Um, I was in there for the, the whole time I could be. It was 30 days. Um, the visa would allow. And I started there alone. But you're not really alone when you travel. Um, I met someone immediately. Like, it was on an empty plane. He was sitting next to me in the airplane. And Wait, both of you were on an empty plane? It was, there was like maybe maybe five or six people going from Chiang Mai to Mandalay. And he was sitting literally next to me in a seat next to me. <laughs> you know, it's like so people don't really travel to Mandalay. I have a photo. I'll show you like the empty play. I was, I was like, cool. I think I've made a, a huge mistake coming here. There's no one going here. <laughs> hey, may half full, man. Maybe we felt like a private jet or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I had I had a, a classmate who was in Myanmar last summer, and mm. she had to come back abroad. Martha. What? Was her name Martha? No, no. her name is Valerie. Okay. Actually. Yeah, she. I think she was there from what, like June, July to oh. August-ish, oh September-ish. Yeah, but she was like, she's in the School of International Service here okay. at American University. Um, Georgetown sucks, but I digress. Okay, Martha <laughs> goes to Georgetown. That's why I was like, oh, really? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> no, I always have this thing with my Georgetown friends, you know, I always like, yeah, the only good thing you guys had was Iverson. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, <Saksa. laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Kidding, Clinton, maybe. I don't know. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, I just, I'm just joking. I love my Georgetown friends, <laughs> but Eagles over who else? But that's just, I digress. But yeah, she went to Myanmar and yeah, she had to cut a trip short uh, and uh-huh. come back. And she was really doing, like, international development mm-hmm. stuff, so it wasn't, like, the vacation. So I guess there were some incidents that were, like, affecting the refugee camps. Mm-hmm. So it was spilling over from the country into the refugee camps, and, you know, people were getting shelled and some things, and she just had to, like, come back. So I was like, huh, wow. that that's, uh seems like a very, um, you know, it seems to be going through a lot right now. Wow, yeah. Uh, yeah, and for you to stay there for 30 days, man, I'm just like, yeah. Um, that, it must have been really hard for her to see that. Um, when I was in Myanmar, I felt, of all my travels, I would say it's hands down my favorite place um, because of the people that are there. Um, I've never been more warmly greeted by a culture before. Every single person I met that was local was kind to me, was smiling, wanted to show me their way of life. Um, it was really touching. Um, so yeah, I, I would love to go back and like and see more of Myanmar because of that experience. But when I got to Myanmar, something I had researched a lot about was these women who have their entire face tattooed. Have you heard of them? No, I haven't actually. So several hundred years ago, Burmese women, um, they're obviously very beautiful. They're, they're stunning people. They're being kidnapped and, um, Made, made into sex slaves, um, wives, you know, etc. by powerful people in order to save them from these 
these tragedies, um, their villages would have someone come in and tattoo their entire face at the age of 12. This was something that over time, something that started to like make them less beautiful began being seen as like a symbol of beauty. So over like hundreds of years, these, these women had their faces tattooed and then the government in the fifties outlawed this. So there's only a few of these women left in, in the world. And it was something I wanted to do was to go talk with them and learn about their experience and how it's changed their life. So even during the conflict zone, I went from Bagan um, to the Bangladesh border, close to the Bangladesh border to go meet these women and um, talk with them. And it was like incredible to see them. That was something that like, that was like a life changing experience for me is going there. It was a, a part of the town where like they had like maybe 10 visitors a week. Wow. I was the only white person there. It was the only, only like tourists there. It was really cool. Wow. That's something I probably have to look up. Do you have like any, did you document? Yeah, I got some photos. I took some selfies. Okay. Um, but what happens if you lose your phone? Um, I pay for the cloud because I <laughs> definitely have lost my phone in the past. But gotcha. um, here's these women I met. And yes, they were smoking tobacco pipes in front of the skulls of the animals that their husbands had killed. But this is me smoking one of their pipes. Nice. Can you see her face? Though, yeah, yeah. Her face is like, like, uh, and I'm sorry we don't have video, but yeah. I can probably like post a link to um, Anne's uh, Instagram page yeah, or sure. other websites and she can share some. Uh, so they have like tattoos on below their chin and all up their cheeks and on the bridge of their nose and to their forehead. So it's kind of like the whole face area except the portion around the eyes kind yeah. of thing. And it's really beautiful, too, because depending on what tribe these women are from, they have different tattoos. So I also saw women with their entire face um, tattooed. There was no design. It was just completely, like, like inked. Really? Mm-hmm. And I do have some photos um, with them. And there was also, you know, there's different different designs, and it was all done by bamboo. So these women said that it, yeah. it took the whole day yeah. to do, and it was very painful. Well, the surface of the face must have been painful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's a cultural significance to all these things, right? Absolutely. Uh, and the, I haven't seen... I guess I haven't seen or heard of where the government actually put into law to ban. Well, now that I think about it, maybe I have come across like things that are cultural, but they are you know, banned, um, even though uh, the people still want to participate in that kind of thing. And some things might be you know, considered maybe harmful to health or, you know, um, to children or whatever, but there are just some practices also that, you know, I feel the government shouldn't like interfere with. Um, yeah, and, and I agree with you too. It's it, this this practice to me. Um, I think they, they some of the women still do it because it's still considered beauty, like beautiful. It's it's still something that sets them apart from the rest of the world. And similar to um, the tribe in, in New Zealand that has face tattoos, the women have face tattoos. Yeah. Um, as well, it's considered like a power, a symbol of power. Yeah. Um, like a rite of passage almost. And I think it is kind of wrong to take that away from a culture. Yeah. Um, so if you're, I was about to say, if you're just tuning in, I forgot. Well, I'm on the radio. I'm sorry. This is a podcast. So obviously, <laughs> you know who we are talking to. <laughs> you know who we are talking to. But yeah, I want you guys to do us a favor right now. While you're listening to this on your phone or whatever device you're listening to this on, please take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram stories. Uh, you can tag us at Culture Class Podcast if you want to. If you don't want to, just 
put in a good caption there. Hey, I'm listening to this awesome podcast. Like, just take a <laughs> screenshot of your screen, like whatever device you're listening to, whatever platform you're listening to, iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever. Just take a screenshot and put it up on your Instagram stories or WhatsApp stories or WeChat stories. Does WeChat have stories? I don't think so. Oh, no, you can post on WeChat, though. Yeah, I, I should probably download WeChat and like, I know they were trying to make an African play a few years ago, but it didn't work out. Like WhatsApp eventually won that war. Oh, did it? Yeah, WeChat was trying to come into Africa and like, launching all these countries and doing all this competition and doing all the marketing, spreading marketing money. But you know, WhatsApp just made sense, no. uh, especially, you know, they're in so many countries. And uh, if you come from quite a number of families in Nigeria, have like, family members scattered all over the globe. So regardless of where you are, WhatsApp is like the one uh, communications uh, platform that can use like stay in touch and stuff. So I find that so like interesting how different countries have different means of communication. Yeah, I mean black man Blackberry just stopped I think they stopped Blackberry. Blackberry? What? Yeah. Look, this is not a joke. No, like <laughs> Blackberry, like Blackberry was an intricate part of me growing up. Oh, okay, like, same, same. It was like a very popular thing growing up. And I think they stopped, they took out the code or whatever for Blackberry Messenger like a month ago. And it was like it's a whole BBM. day of mourning. Yeah, BBM. <laughs> it was a whole day of mourning in, on Nigerian Twitter. It was like, damn, I remember my friend's girlfriend was on Blackberry. Remember, like, upcoming artists were like, oh, I started on Blackberry groups. And this person was like, I did. So there was a whole culture around Blackberry, right? So it's just funny to know how things don't work out in a particular place. And you know, in another part of the world, <laughs> it's just, like, interesting. And the, the world's not monolithic. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah, but you touched on Australia a little bit, right? Yeah. yeah what um, part of Australia? I was in Australia during spring break this year. Were you really? Yeah, just three days. Sydney, nothing interesting. That's a long flight for three days. Yeah, I mean, I went for like a conference kind of thing. But yeah, I ended up like trying to get as much vacation time as I could. But yeah, it was just like three days. Okay. okay. Yeah, maybe I should have, I'll go to Melbourne next time. What do you think? Um, so I actually lived in Melbourne and worked in Melbourne for a few months. Hey, look at you. Um, yeah, I thought it was great if you're into coffee, but if you don't like coffee, you're not allowed to go. <laughs> They'll okay. kick you out. <laughs> really? <laughs> I, I'm more than London? I mean, it's like really big. It's like, it's, um, huge in their culture and they take their coffee very seriously. Well, no, I guess London would be tea, right? Not coffee. Not really. Yeah. Yeah. I think tea. Gotcha. Yeah, what interesting thing do you get to do in Australia? Um, so when I when I came to Australia again, um, Australia kind of had always been the goal for me. At the end of this trip, was to move to Australia. Um, it's one of the few countries in the world where you can do a working holiday visa under the age of thirty. You can be thirty as well. Wait, I didn't know that. Do I say that one more time? Yeah, Australia is one of the country, one of the only countries in the world um, that you can do a working holiday visa. Interesting. So you can work and live in the country for up to a year, um, two years, depending on, you know, certain regulations, certain things that you do in the country. Mm. Um, so yeah, it, it kind of was like the, the end goal of my, my travels was to live abroad for a year, um, in Australia. Gotcha. Um, so I, I landed in Cairns, which is in the Northern part in, the, in Queensland. Um, it's, it's called the gateway to the great barrier reef. My friends from who, my American friends who live in Melbourne now, came up to meet me in Cairns and we went scuba diving on the Great Barrier Reef. Nice. Another bucket list thing for me. Nice. Um, 
And then I actually traveled south with people I met um, in Australia. I met like one of my friends through Bumble BFF. Actually, I met her up in Cairns and we traveled down south. And then another friend of mine I met at a hostel. Um, and I worked at a, another hostel for about a month, bartending in a hostel in the rainforest. Um, which was... Wait, wait. Bartending <laughs> in a hostel in the rainforest? Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> Maybe we should work on like a movie or something. <laughs> like, I feel like there are so many stories that one episode of this podcast would definitely not do justice to. Maybe we need to make it like a series, yeah. a six-part series or something. You know, I'm glossing over all these like tidbits, but it was it was not real life. Like it, it felt like I was like, what have I done to get here? This is incredible. On the edge of the rainforest, and I would see wild um, cassowaries. Have you heard of those birds before? No. They're, they're prehistoric looking. They're, I mean, they were around when dinosaurs were around. There's like less than 2,000 really? left of them in the world. Mm-hmm. And um, they would come up and they like these little berries that were, um, that would grow on this tree at the hostel. They would come eat them. And so every morning I would see these giant mystical birds. Like they look kind of like ostriches and emus. Oh, wait. So they didn't fly. No, they're like these, like they're tall. Wait, let me huge. Google them right now. Yeah. They look like a dinosaur. Can you like, spell it? Um, C-A-S-S-O-W-A-R-Y. The southern cassowary, better known as a double-wattled cassowary, it almost looks like a flamingo and an ostrich. Yeah, kind of. Wow. And they were in the jungle. Yeah, in the rainforest, they were like, um, like on the edge of of this, like you know, the hostel would uh, overlook like this lush greenery, and they would come out and eat these berries and scare us, and then go back. Well, now that I look at more pictures on Google Images, they, they actually look like prehistoric, yeah. right? Yeah, they have this thing up on your beak, which is kind of like like a horn, almost. Yeah, one of all those uh, dinosaur, like the T Rex or something. <laughs> So I, I worked. Did you, with this, did, are they friendly? Did you no, get to? Not at all. No? They're, they're, <laughs> okay. They've actually. I think they've killed people in the past. Um, what? They're like really dangerous. And A like, bird killing people. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're huge. They're huge, and they're like. Um, I think they're probably scared of humans too, so they they attack. But um, I wouldn't blame them, man. You know, like they they, they won't be sure. They're like the first set of dinosaurs got wiped out, and they're like the surviving people. I'm like, who are these guys? We haven't seen these guys before. <laughs> these guys want to make us extinct for the second time. Well, so. one of the one of the like um, briefings they gave us when I started working at the hostel was, if you see a cassowary approaching you, slowly back away. Mm. Do not. It was like, don't stand up, don't sit down, don't show your teeth, like. It was like just back show away. Teeth. Yeah, don't show me like signs of aggression. Oh yeah, gotcha. It was like just back away, whatever you do, or just like don't do anything. Wow. Um, so if you could go back to live in one of these countries, yeah. which would it be? Would it be Australia? Would it be? Let me see. What other country were you fascinated by? Would it be Australia? Would it be Myanmar? Would it be which would it be? I think I would give India a go. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because India kind of like tests your senses. It's um a little overwhelming and it's a little like a little wild. It's just it's very different from the U.S. and I think that's why I would like to look, like give that a go. In Delhi or I've never been to Delhi. I went to Rajasthan when I was there, and mm. India's so large; it takes such a long time. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I could give Delhi a go. Okay. Okay, so part two of the American Odyssey ends in <laughs> India. <laughs> Watch out for the second leg of the story. Is there anything left on your bucket list? Oh, tons. Okay. Tons. Care tons. to share? <laughs> I am dying. But you actually have a list. You're I do have a list. Yeah, yeah, share, share it. Share it. Come on. Okay, well, I am dying. I, it might take me a second to find. Dying to go swimming with whale sharks. Okay, Where? Um, you can find them either in like the seas of Mexico or in the Philippines. They're like really common. And even in parts of Western Australia. Have you ever been to Mexico? Uh, one time, but it was like a, like a quick um, trip and I, I got kind of sick when I was there. So I didn't do a ton. Gotcha. Hey, tell me about this bucket list, man. Apart oh, from the like, whale shark swimming, is there anything, have you gone, I don't know. I guess in Dubai, you can do everything, right? Hey, Dubai is like a place that can import whale sharks to <laughs> put in like a large aquarium that looks like ocean. I should have stayed and you there. Can do any, you can even ski in Dubai, I'm sure. So and I did. You did, right? I did ski. Oh, like Dubai, you can do everything <laughs> in Dubai. Like Dubai is a place, I'm sure they can even get the cassowary. <laughs> And I don't know, bring it and I like have like a makeshift rainforest or something like it's crazy what they do over there. Oh, it's not, it's not, yeah. Well, hey, man, it's been pretty fascinating getting to know about your travel experiences, your interaction with other cultures. I know definitely we'll have to do this again because I felt <laughs> we just like touched on the surface. I, I know. I feel like I was um, totally running all around a bunch of different narratives. No, it, it's then. fine. It's fine. I guess. Some people have picked up bits and pieces here and there. Some people are, you know, have been meaning to, especially me too. I mean, I've just been to what, like five countries? Not a lot. Hey, at least you've traveled countries. though and you have the urge to do it more. I which do is... have the urge to do it, but, you know, hopefully sometime soon I can get to go on all these, you know, fun. And I haven't like gone like travel, travel. I don't consider those five or six countries I've been to like travel because I go to the city, most times the capital, stay in a hotel. I haven't done the backpacking hostel thing. The closest I did to that was in Abidjan, I think. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, and I I think I did that in Abidjan. Like northern Ghana, like Leed is like the highest waterfall in West Africa. I did that for a while, but it was just for like two, three days. Nothing like, I didn't have like a 30-day stretch. Um, But yeah. The the reason... um, Obviously, I listened to a few of your podcasts and thought they were great and really like enlightening. Um, but the main reason why I agreed to, to coming and, and chatting with you today is that if, if I can inspire one person to do something that they've always wanted to do but have never had the courage or think that it can happen to them, I will feel happy. Hey, you inspired me. Success. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's one person. Yeah. One person. Like, I, I've had people reach out to me saying, Hey, I bought a plane ticket because of your Instagram story or, or Hey, like you're, you, you've done this and it's made me happy. So that, yeah, that's the whole reason I keep doing what I'm doing. Gotcha. Have you picked up any languages on any of your trips? <laughs> um, brief communications, but yeah. I mean, like, like, hi, yeah, hello. Yeah. Kind of um, the Mangala bar is hello in, in Burmese. Mangala bar. Mangala bar. Mingla bar. Um, and I try and learn how to say cheers in every language. Cheers? Cheers. Like when you're cheersing a drink. Oh, okay. okay um, like salute. Yeah, salute, salute. Um, prost. Um, the one I really like is... What's prost? What language prost? is that? Um, it's Dutch. Oh. Um, a lot of Dutch backpackers I've met. Yeah. <laughs> 
a lot of people backtrap through Europe, Amsterdam, Holland, <gasps> and all that good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, okay, cool. Would you like to learn one more? Yeah, I would love to learn one more. Sure. Have you ever heard of Pigeon English? No. Okay, so Pigeon English. <laughs> <laughs> no, tell me about it. Have you ever been to Africa? I have only been to Morocco, Northern Africa. Okay, okay. So Pigeon English is mostly spoken by parts of West Africa, Central Africa, some parts of East Africa, and some parts of the islands. So kind of like Jamaica, Haiti, like the islands, islands. Uh, so it's kind of like Creole, but just like how Creole is to okay. French, but it's like English is, Pigeon English is to English, like how Creole is to French. So cool. I like teaching people the basic greeting, right? So if I meet you for the first time and I want to say, what's up, Morgan Ann? I like say, how far? How far? Yeah. So it's kind of like, that's it, right? So it's like English, but it's not used in the context of English. So most of the words, like 90% of the words are English, but they're not used in the same way as being used in English. So if you say how far in English, that means something totally different, right? Right. But if I say how far in Pigeon, it's like, what's up, Morgan? Like, how far, Morgan? How far, Morgan? Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. I like that. Yeah, so pretty easy to learn. You know, start from there. And yeah, if you ever find yourself in like West Africa or some islands, uh, yeah, just how far you start from there. There are some variations of it depending on the country, but yeah, you can start from there. And like, huh, where do you learn that from? <laughs> <laughs> that kind of thing. So I like to play a game with my guests before we end the podcast. Uh, and I call it end game. Disney, please don't sue me. <laughs> yeah, but just asking a bunch of questions just to get to learn one or two things, be deliberate about some other cultures and probably have a takeaway uh, from the interview. So uh, you're from Virginia, right? Mm -hmm. Let me see. What question can I ask you about Virginia? What's on our flag? Because I know that. Okay, let's start from there. What's on your flag? Wait, wait, what's the full name? Um, is it the Commonwealth of Virginia or is, it, is that a thing? Or that's Pennsylvania? Or? I think it's the Commonwealth of Virginia. I think you're right on that. Right. Okay, what's on your flag? Um, it's actually pretty, um, <laughs> um, pretty epic, you could say, but quite scary, I would say, too. It's um, Six Emperor Tyrannos. It is a man standing on top of a basically freedom squashing down the tyrant so it's pretty gnarly if you look at an image of it wait i haven't i don't know nothing has moved me to to google virginia flag but let me do that right now. <laughs> let's see it's pretty gruesome oh okay so you have this guy who's like a <laughs> greekish romanish guy stepping on another guy with a yeah. spare <laughs> six semper tyrannus huh Interesting. And you have all those rose petals <laughs> or carrots or something, like veggie stuff <laughs> around the flag. And I'm sorry, people from Virginia, I don't mean to like make fun of the flag, but it's just interesting to see. Um, I think it was one of the first colonies, so I think um, it's representative of, you know, leaving piracy of England at the time. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Well, that makes sense, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I find it to be a little bit a little bit much, but I mean, it wasn't much in seventeen seventy six, I guess. True. But two hundred years later. What place would you advise what country would you advise someone to make a first trip to? Like someone who's been meaning to travel and just wanna like test the waters, like how you went you did with Italy. Even though you went there with your family, like what country do you think is uh um 
So I love Southeast Asia and I would say Southeast Asia is really welcoming to people who are traveling on their own. It's really easy to travel solo there um, in the sense that a lot of people are there and you can make friends and it, it's, it's got like hostels and it's cheap. So that could be one, but you know, if, if you're nervous about the cultural differences, you know, try somewhere like Canada or like the UK or Australia that have that like Western Did you just background. say Canada? I did. Go Raptors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I totally agree with you. Uh, maybe somewhere, uh, it depends on preference, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say Florida, but Florida, Florida. Is, Florida, is, Florida can feel like a country sometimes. <laughs> Florida sometimes feels like a country. Like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> it depends. But yeah, Melbourne or Sydney? Melbourne. Bumble or Tinder? I don't even have the app uh, Tinder <laughs> on my phone. The only one I use is Bumble. <laughs> okay, okay. And the last question. <laughs> if you could recommend someone else to be on this podcast, who would it be? I mean, you kind of like get the whole theme behind the podcast now, now that you've been on it, but um, is there anyone you think you can recommend to be on a, an episode, someone that has interesting stories to tell about interaction with other countries or, you know, is from a different place or, you know, Absolutely. Um, I would say my friend Sarah Stone. She is enigmatic on in every sense of the word. Sarah Stone. Sarah Stone. She related to Sharon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, why Sarah? Um, she's just one of those people that when she walks into a room, she lights it up. No matter, she could talk to a brick wall and oh. and make the brick wall like you know, give it her, her information, like take photos of her. You know, she's just like one of those people that like you want to be friends with. Gotcha. Um, and she's traveled a lot and she has a really interesting job right now too. Um, okay. She's based in DMV. She's actually based in San Francisco. Okay. 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 I mean, I've been meaning to do a Skype thing, so uh, yeah. we can probably set that up. Hopefully if you can make an introduction. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Make that work. So, yeah, thank you very much for coming, Morgan Ann. Uh, you've been listening to the Cultural Class Podcast. Do you want to, like, I don't know, drop your Instagram, give a... Yeah, sure. Shout out, um, know, My Instagram is at Duchessing. Um, Which is a killer Instagram name. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like a noun and a verb at the same time. It's <laughs> so. actually something my friends and I made up um, to kind of explain, like... How like my personality a little bit like like, like Beyonce's like uh, <laughs> uh, flawless. Yeah. Kind of, kind of. Gosh, I wouldn't compare myself to Beyonce, but <laughs> um, definitely not would not would not do that. Um, but yeah, um, and I, I just created my website. Um, it's theamericanodyssey.com. It's the dash American dash Odyssey.com. Kind of has some some more serious photos from my travels and, and um little blurbs on each of the countries and the chapters of this odyssey of mine. Gotcha. What next for you, uh, Morgan? Oh, man. I'm actually looking at going to Iran this summer. Interesting. Um, a friend of mine is getting married there, so dealing with the visa issues right now and yeah. trying to hopefully we'll be able to go. Okay. And we wish you all the best with all your travels. And obviously, we'll be following closely. Um, hopefully, sometime in the future, I'm thinking of doing like an event where people have been on the podcast in the past. So people from different countries. And hopefully, you know, we can get together in D.C. sometime and have a drink. Sure. If that's something you'll be interested in. 
you guys have been listening to Culture Class Podcast. Please follow us everywhere on social media. And I have a gift for you, Sarah. So I have a key ring for you. And I'm sorry you guys can't see, but it's a small drum, a key ring in the shape of a drum. I love it. So I was in Ghana last summer, and the real full size of this drum is called a djembe. And it's kind of like a drum that was used uh, back in the day to like communicate. So if I go around the community, depending on how I beat the drum, those listening to it will know whether the king wants them to go inside or prepare for war or things like that. So, wow. uh, yeah, it's just something I picked up. And just a token of my appreciation Thank you. for coming this, on the podcast. This is going on my key ring right now. Thank you. It's beautiful. Yep, yep. So thanks, guys. Stay tuned to the next episode. Reach out to us if you have any questions. Uh, reach out to us if you want to come on the podcast. And reach out to us with your travel experiences. It's a Culture Class Podcast. Bye. <laughs>